Welcome everyone to a new episode of the Dream Builders podcast. I am really looking forward to this super inspiring conversation where we're going to talk about why success is not a spectator sport and how you can develop the mindset, create the game plan, shape the strategies and how you can take charge in times of change and create success on your own terms. And of course, I've invited a very special guest who knows everything about that. And I can't wait to introduce you to him, my friend, Charles Marcus. Now from Melbourne to Mexico City, Islamabad to Istanbul, San Francisco to Singapore, Charles Marcus has come a very long way, guys. He grew up in the UK with a severe stuttering disability. He was laughed at, ridiculed, voted in his high school class as the student most likely not to succeed. Today, he's a world-renowned and much sought-after global keynote speaker, a best-selling author, and masterclass presenter having spoken in 57 countries spanning six continents to audiences of over 1 million people. Charles has been consistently ranked in the top 60 motivational speakers in the world since 2015. So Charles, I'm delighted to have you here. Same here, Joachim. It's a pleasure to be with you and your viewers all over the world. <laughs> Thank you, man. So we were just talking before we started about you moving into a new house, getting new energies and so on. And, you know, I really, really like that. And it's, it's good to know that, you know, after this, these COVID times, you know, that where the event business and the speaking business kind of stopped, that we're now slowly getting back, uh, getting back in place, right? It's, uh, so that's, that's good news for all of us. And uh, you just mentioned that you're going to, go to a new country, I guess, Portugal, right? So actually it's now 58 countries that you're going to, to speak Yeah, be 58 <laughs> countries soon. That's, and still counting by the end of this year, I'm hoping, anticipating if the world sort of continues to open as it's supposed to, I'll get to about um, 70 countries, hopefully. Yeah, you still have that, is that like a target that you have? Or? I have a target of 100. Oh, wow. <laughs> so then you still have a lot to speak. <laughs> I've got a lot. Well, I'm going to include, I think, the ones I go with my wife for visits as well now. <laughs> well, Charles, you know, take us back in time a little bit. I would, you know, I would love to know how that, with all respect, how that stuttering disability really affected you when you, when you were young. And also who you have become uh, as a result, uh, you know, because of that. I think it would be good to, to share that with our listeners. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, it's, um, it's been quite a journey over the years. And the long story short, I guess, is if I want to take sort of everybody back, it started when I was four and a half years of age. And I presume I was a normal kid and, you know, things what I can remember. I can't remember a lot. And I guess the long story short wise is that my parents took me out into this forest for a day of pleasure and enjoying ourselves. And halfway through the day, I guess my mother thought I was with my father. My father thought I was with my mom and me as an inquisitive four-year-old. I had run off into this forest and a big forest and basically nobody could find me about 14 hours oh wow that's so a long time least the, you know and i'm talking of the the early 1960s in the north of england it wasn't 
uh, sophisticated with cell phones and, you know, and sort of GPSs. And I guess through that shock and trauma, sort of over a period of a few days, a few weeks, I guess my parents had noticed a hesitation in me, I guess a, a scary thing. And that developed very quickly into a very severe, as we call it in England, stammering. In North America, it would be stuttering. And that basically, Joachim, stayed with me for 25, 30 years. It never defined me, but it certainly, certainly affected my life in many ways. And I'm not here to tell you or your viewers I'm the only one with shtick and woes. I mean, everybody has a story. Everybody has the challenges. However, for me, um, it was a great challenge. I have to say, though, if I'm sitting here and being very honest with you, for many years I portrayed myself as a victim instead of the victor I wanted to be. Mm. So I felt sorry for myself. I blamed people, was not a nice individual, very angry. Mm. And eventually I sort of took responsibility. And it doesn't matter when you take responsibility in your life as long as you do at some stage. And when I took responsibility, seek help and support, and we all need help and support. And then over a period of time, when I was able to get my speech together, you never cure stammering. All you can do is control it. It's a formidable foe. And um, finally, in 1986, I was able to get my life together and I've never looked back. Love it. Love it. You know what I love about your story? I think that's kind of the key outtake for me is like that you say, like, you need to take responsibility. And what I admire in that, in that story of you, Charles, is that you kind of turned, a, let's, let's say, a weakness into a strength and it's now a superpower, right? Your voice, you're inspiring people all over the world. You're leaving a positive mark. And I find that super inspiring. Can you perhaps share what was the kind of earliest specific memory of you wanting to become a public speaker? So kind of like, how did you find your calling even though you know it was like difficult for you at that point in time? So that's a great question. You know, I, I mean, I'd love to share with you this great vision <laughs> I had. But frankly, I never even knew there was a profession called speaking. It just <laughs> sort of... Um, so again, I'll just share, have the backstory a bit, yeah. if I may. Mm -hmm. So when I got my speech together in 1986, I was in business and um, in the retail i had uh, shops i had actually hair salons i had quite a lot of things although my life was good uh, financially sort of internally it was not good so after i got my speech together i decided well i decided my mother and and father had split up years ago and my mother had moved to canada 
So I always had a place in Canada. I went to Canada, I came, you know, to England. Uh, so I decided to return out to Canada to start new life, sold my businesses, and I went into sales as I was able to speak finally. It was like, you know, it was great. And I was very fortunate. I did very well in sales. So after about six years in sales, I got the job in the company I was with as a national educator to do the training. So I wanted to out to really hone my skills. I did my research and I, I'm sure you're aware of it as your readers are. I joined a wonderful organization called Toastmasters. And Amazing. I chose a really good uh, club. I realized that not all clubs are the same. Uh, some are very... Uh, sophisticated, some are not organized, so I chose a really good club. And after about a year, and some of the older members, I mean, I was happy, I'm in sales, you know, was a manager, was traveling all over North America, and they said, you have potential, Charles Marcus, have you ever thought of joining the Canadian Association of Professional speakers i said what the heck is that <laughs> so i went to a few meetings and you know it was interesting i was still in my job in sales and this was about 1994 so the internet you know was just in its infancy and i just started i used to go to self-help clubs and high schools, you know, and just share my story. I didn't even have a clue what speaking was. So there used to be a gentleman who used to be a chief columnist in the Toronto Star, huge paper in those days, everybody read papers. And he used to do a column on Sundays. It was called Ordinary People Who Do Extraordinary Things. Somehow he heard about my story, he wanted to do a feature on me, a whole page. He came to my house with my wife, you know, we had a young son at the time. And I think that story made me much better than I was. And had he got phone calls and letters, <laughs> who is this guy? And I guess um, that started off a sort of my journey into professional speaking. However, I never went into full-time speaking until maybe three years later and my wife could see my passion. She knows I was good at the sales and she says, Charles, if you're handing your notice, I'll give you a year and a half. And if you make it in the speaking, that's great. And if you don't, you're going to have to go back into sales. And I guess the rest is history. <laughs> she was right. <laughs> but in the end, you made it. So that, that's really cool. Oh, um, well, I would, I would say, and I said to you earlier in our private our conversation, I think the one word I would never use in anything is make it or complacency. I think we always have to... Uh, so, you know, I wake up every morning and for better or worse, I always try to do 
one or two things that challenges me, that makes me feel uncomfortable, uh, that gets me out of my comfort zone, never sit on my laurels, always try to be the best you can be and never believe all the hype that people say about you, stay grounded, stay focused, stay humble and try to be a good human being every day. You do that every day? That's a, that's a great hack. Well, so every not day. Every day. <laughs> not every I try listen, I'm you know, all of us are but I try, I try, I try, really make an effort. And especially as I'm getting sort of uh, sort of older and things, and I'm trying out to really out to think of my family and my friends as well as my work. I'm trying to find, as I told you earlier, I'm trying to find the balance out between work, family, friends, all has to balance. It's not with me now, all work, 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 work. Mm. I want to have that um, full spectrum of living. As life, my friends, can be so short and fragile and we never know what's gonna happen seize the day seize the moment thank you for sharing sharing that charles i find it very important that we should find balance in all aspects of our life not just business or work but also in our health right uh with our uh, in relationships with family and friends or the community that you're serving I think that's also super important and that we should stay uh, yeah, energized every day in the complete picture mentally, physically, and energetically, of course. So thanks, thanks for sharing that. Now, what I, what I found interesting from, from, from your story before and the way that you became a speaker is that, which I believe is a, is, is a great point, is that you also joined Toastmasters. Um, <clears throat> I myself joined Toastmasters here in, in Porto as well, where I live right now. Oh, really? Yeah. For, for some time. organization. Yeah. Beautiful. So that, that really helped me as well to, to kind of know how to communicate, not necessarily only do public speaking, but also know how to, to give feedback and so on. You know, there's a lot of different things. So that's, I think, a great way to learn how to communicate. Um, so that's a great, actually a great tip for other people as well. Now, you are a soul after global keynote speaker right now. You have built your journey, right? Um, and you're still building your journey. Like what are three things you believe that can really, you know, help people create success on their own terms? Like what you have seen in your, in your life so far. So what are three things that can really help people to create success on their own terms? That's a good question. And there's so many things. I think <laughs> it's, only, the, it's only three for now. <laughs> I know. I think the first three most thing, important to you. Three things. If you want me to narrow it, I think whatever you do, the first thing you have to do is have passion. I really think passion, enthusiasm is contagious. Passion sells. I think if you speak to anybody who knows me and they may not always like me or agree with me or 
or they've heard me speak and they may, you know may not hit it off however i think there's one thing i'll say humbly if somebody would say about me charles is passionate he's a passionate guy and it it shows so i think you've got to be passionate <clears throat> Uh, secondly, I think you had to have a strong work ethic. I think whatever you do is a strong, uh, <laughs> because there's nothing easy and there's no overnight success and you've got to be able to work your butt off. So you've got to have a strong work ethic. And thirdly, I think think as far as from my personal experience is you have to accept failure and rejection along the way you've got to be thick-skinned because as far as my jobs you know as an entrepreneur as a, a sales guy as a manager in speaking there's a lot of rejection a lot of failure a lot of um uh, people messing you around bs and and you've got to be able to handle it so those three things i think you've got to be passionate a strong work ethic and you've got to be able to handle the difficult times as well as the bad times but always with a positive mind and outlook love that Charles. i think they're very important I think enthusiasm and, and strong worth ethic are very clear, clear for me. Can you perhaps share an example of you, how you dealt with, you know, with, with failure and rejection along, along your journey as well to, to give people kind of an impression of yeah. how, you, how you dealt with it and how they can, what they can do as well to, to deal with that? So when I was in sales, I worked for a company and the gentleman who owned it, I'll call him Mr. S., and he, he, he was a guy from Sicily, uh, came out to the States with his family, had no formal education, but he was a multimillionaire, a smart guy. And he taught me many things. He took me under his wing, him and his wife in sales. I thought I was good at sales. I didn't know squat at first. But he took me under his wing. And the one thing I learned from him, many things, but one thing I learned from him is never take rejection personally. It's only business. It's not personal. Now, that may sound a very simple thing, but... I saw him in action. Some people may say it's phony, switching off and switching off, but he taught me not to take rejection personally. Fear, Joachim, is a reaction, but courage is a decision. So you've got to be really courageous. You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to be, as I said earlier, thick skinned and I mean when I used to get rejected I have this um, a system I use in my talks on sales and I go uh, failure 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 success 
failure, 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 success. And you've got to be able to realize not everybody's going to like you and not everybody's going to buy from you. And you've just got to be, have all the, you know, to speak about value and benefits and build relationships, yada, yada, yada. But you have to be prepared to accept failure and rejection. And I think in a crazy way, growing up stuttering and being rejected and laughed at and humiliated as I got older, helped me actually as I'm thinking, what is the worst that can happen? I've been through all this and I, you know, I mean, I don't say it doesn't affect you. Of course it affects you, but I never let it affect me so much. I always believed and I moved on to the next person, if that makes sense. That certainly lowered the barrier for you maybe a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, I think... <laughs> I think a lot of times, and you said it also with my speech, I think that all that stuff I went through, and again, I'm not the only one, everybody goes through stuff. I think it made me thick-skinned, and I think also it made me grateful. It made me sort of very appreciative every day of when I woke up and I could speak, I could do simple things, could answer the phone, could speak to somebody, could order in a restaurant, very simple things. I think it made me really grateful, and it made me also, as I said, out to think what's the worst that can happen somebody rejects me so what it's not rejecting me it's rejecting the product or maybe the time isn't right move on to the next person otherwise it's going to really to eat you up and you know that rejection is one of the worst things that people can't take can't take rejection it's you know they find it very difficult of course because people like to be seen and understood and and accepted right for who they are but as you say rejection is not personally you should take it on a business perspective so i think that's a great way to 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 look at it um if we're talking about creating your own success and you just told the story of mr s who gave you kind of perhaps very good advice. What is the worst advice that you have ever been given in creating your own success? <laughs> the worst advice. I think the worst advice is not being genuine or authentic. And in sales, uh, trying out to deceive people or to sell people stuff they don't want. Um, I, you know, out to be a, a person, I always say I would rather be defeated on principle than win through lies and deceit. So I think these people have told me uh, to not be honest, out to look at the numbers, 
you know, to lie to people, deceive them, and that's not who I am, Joachim. So if you're asking me one thing, there's many things, I would say that uh, stands out in my mind. I think that's a great life principle to be authentic and genuine, right? I think that's. I awesome. think to <laughs> me, so I read on LinkedIn and I read a lot. I do a lot of research and I read. I read about these new gurus, supposedly in sales, like the young ones mm. who talk about, oh, you don't need to build relationships, and you listen. Everybody is entitled to their opinion. When I talk to you today humbly, I'm just sharing my opinion. My life success, so whatever you want to call success, has been built on building relationships with people. I say if people like you, they may trust you, but if they respect you, if they believe in you, if you build a proper relationship with them, they will do business with you. And I will take that to my grave. I believe relationships are everything. Thank you for sharing that because I think exactly that point, relationships, is very important also in in creating su the success that you want eventually right we haven't been talking about it yet um but getting the right people around you the people that you want to work with has also something that has been critical for my own success ever since i started being an entrepreneur um so has been super super critical so thank you for sharing that charles Thank you. And also, I think, I think for your audience who are entrepreneurs and in business, I think patience is a real virtue as well. <laughs> and, um, and another thing, I, you know, I think one of the things I learned in England, it's like an English psyche thing is attention to detail and very attention to detail it drives my wife absolutely crazy but for me i mean i stay in touch with people it sounds crazy but so many people who who don't stay in touch with people if somebody says to me phone me in a month and we make a date and i will call them and they seem surprised that i have called because most people give up it seems so i think attention to detail i think patience i think again um uh, speaking about value being in it out for the long haul, having the customer's best interest at heart instead of your interest. As, the, as you know, Joachim, I think the consumer today is very savvy. They're very mm. savvy and they can smell a rat just like that. <laughs> so true. All right. So I want to move on to, to something that we've all been, been, been living through in the last couple of years, and that's like massive change 
not only through COVID, but all of the things that are happening now in the world. Um, you touched upon relationships and how important it is to, to have the right relationships around you and to, to keep maintaining those relationships as well. Super important. I think that, you know, with COVID, it was difficult sometimes to, to maintain relationships as suddenly everything on the physical plane removed and we had to make relationships online. But um, so, so I, I think it's, 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 it's a great message that you're giving there that we can still online keep up as well the relationships with people in, in whatever form. Um, but, but, but I would want to ask you something about, about that change. You know, we're, we're going to expect much more change in the future. And my question to you is, you know, how can we navigate through change? Is there something like a game plan that we can stick to? <laughs> so I, you know, again, that's a, that's a super question. And, you know, I'm not here to minimize change because change is very difficult. But I think it's how you see it. I really think you talked earlier about the mindset. Do you see change as a catastrophe or do you see it as a catalyst? Do you see it as a roadblock or do you see it as an opportunity? So personally, as a professional speaker, as an entrepreneur, of course, the last few years have been absolutely terrible and all of us have had to adapt. I've had to adapt to virtual stuff. You know, it's not my forum. However, you do what you have to do to pay the bills. But contrary to public opinion, I believe now, as the world seems to be moving away and slowly opening up, I, do, I see great opportunities. I see fantastic opportunities. I think the problem for a lot of people is they see change as more threatening than challenging. They see it as the destroyer of the comfortable and the familiar rather than new and exciting. And there's a lot of new, exciting stuff. Three things, Joachim, I know about change. If we resist change, 100% we fail. If we try to fight it, we're going to fail. Secondly, if we accept it, we survive status quo. But for those of us who run towards the change, who are bold, who are courageous, who are visionary, I think we will not only survive, we will thrive. I always say, when you, ex when you think about the pain of staying the same rather than the pain of changing more, that is when you will take the steps to change. It's not easy. You just take slow steps. If you want to go back to my speech when I decided to change, again, slow steps, failure, failure, failure. I think the first thing is though for you, is for your viewers, you have to have a roadmap of success. And I think your mindset has to move away out from change is bad, it's threatening, it's not good. 
change is an evolution of life. It's going to happen every day. A change, disruption, it's not easy, my friend, but we have to be able to nip it in the bud, find those few ways, find that roadmap, that purpose, that passion, that plan, that process, step by step. I'm a step by step guy. Support, as you said, health is support, taking stock of the situation. And I believe change can be a good thing instead of a negative, if that makes sense. 100%, Charles, 100%. You know, I was just reflecting on it. Uh, do you see it as a roadblock or an opportunity when change comes? And definitely, yes, opportunity. Um, you know, I remember when, when, when COVID started two years ago i had my business up and running for about one year and and, and a month or oh so. my goodness really so, so you know i have my event business and service business and so on so everything i did was physical physical workshops physical events so when covid hit i was like yeah definitely set for about a week or so i was like yeah what am i going to do now but the opportunity for me was to do everything online and I had never thought about that before. So I started implementing uh, online video courses. I created my own online video course about discovering your life purpose. And that was a huge opportunity for me as well to, you know, engage in other activities yes. and develop new skills. Um, I started my podcast and that's one of the reasons why I'm talking to you today. Absolutely. So, you know, do you see it as a roadblock or an opportunity? I think you should always see it as an opportunity. So very well said. And, and something else as well, I think you should always, and you mentioned this, is to seek help. Mm. I have never been afraid out to invest in people, out to coach me. Always I've seen it as an investment instead of an expense, how to be a better speaker, a better communicator. I know when COVID hit and things. So with me, I'm a live presenter. I'm a keynote speaker. I move around a lot. I go in the audience. And you know, when I first thought of Zoom, I, I was terrified, I must admit. So I'm not ashamed to say I reached out to people. I paid out for help and advice. And then slowly I listened to people and, you know, I learned uh, to adapt to the virtual world. I pref now I'm, you know, I'm slowly starting to speak, obviously, in live events, and there's enough, I mean, it's fantastic, but I was prepared out to take that sort of opportunity to learn from other people to hopefully out to present. And I always say, I, you know, we talked a bit about sort of communication and I think communication skills also, and you asked me before about, you know, three things I learned. So and I think as, as, a, as a stutterer, and, you, and you're always a stutterer, I think an advantage of stuttering is I learned how to be a very good listener as I wasn't able to speak very well. 
most people are great talkers, but how many people are great listeners, Joachim? I always say, if you want to impress people, talk. If you want to influence people, listen. Speaking is a sense, listening is by understanding. So how you communicate with people is you ask great questions and you shut up and listen. Because I believe questions are more important than answers. I love that. <laughs> 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 That's exactly how I think as well. So 100% what, what, what you said right there. And, you know, in respect of time, Charles, I, um, I would love to ask you, you know, one final question because I'm, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a listener as well. So. <laughs> good, good. So, you know, when, when, you look, when you look back at your life, what has been for you the most important factor to, you know, really start living your, your dreams? Ooh. So many different phases. I think for me is the most important sort of factor is when I met my wife, Mary, about 28 years ago. Um, I waited a long time out to marry to find the right person. Uh, she has been an incredible catalyst, a supporter, allowed me to live to, to at least out to go out and try out to achieve my dreams. And I have to say, I don't think I would be where I am today if I wouldn't have had Mary in my life. Oh, wow. She should be listening to this podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's, I have to speak out from my heart. I have to tell you the truth. I mean, there's many people who have helped me, many wonderful people over the years. However, I think um, she has been not only a, a supporter, has been my partner, mother to my kids, you know, and we have a real, a truer life and work, a whole partnership. And now we move forward to another stage of our careers together and lives. And that's exciting as well. <laughs> well, that's, that's great. Great to hear that you guys have such a good relationship. And uh, I think you're making her day when she listens back to discussion. Uh, well, it's <laughs> true. I have to, you know, I have to give credit for where it's due, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, Charles, thank you so much for, you know, for coming on the podcast. And I really appreciate it in, in making this happen to, to share all oh, your insights, to share pleasure. your story as well. My pleasure. And thank you for having me. And I hope your viewers are able to get some value out of my, out of my stuff today. It was a real, real pleasure. Thank you, Joachim. Thank you very much. Charles, before you go... Please share with us what are the best places that people can, can find you in your work. Yeah, absolutely. I think the best thing is if you go to my website, is www.cmarcus.com. So C for my first initial, 
C-M-A-R-C-U-S dot C-O-M. And if you go onto the website and you see the links for Facebook, for Instagram, for Twitter, LinkedIn, out for WhatsApp, and anybody who's got a question uh, for me, if you go on the website, out to the contact, um, and you send me an email, I will be more than happy out to answer a question. Awesome, guys. So please do go to the website of charlescmarcus.com, where you can, of course, also check out his inspiring work, his books, uh, all of the social media handles. <laughs> <laughs> so please go there, guys. And Charles, I really appreciated this for talking to you in this 45 minutes that we had. And of course, I wish you the best of luck coming time, uh, personally, also professionally. And uh, I really hope to catch up soon. Fabulous. Thanks, my friend. All the best and bye-bye to everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Charles Marcus about creating success on your own terms and how to win in a changing world. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you share this with a friend or somebody that you think could be energized by this episode as well. You can share the show on social media by simply sharing the link, or you could of course share my website, dreambuilders.com forward slash podcast. Now, if you really like this episode, make sure that you click the subscribe button right now on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And it would of course be awesome if you could leave a review about the part that you enjoyed the most. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'm looking forward to see you soon.